it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I hope you're having a great week, everyone. Thank you for spending part of it with us. It's week three, and it's a trip to the Rams home away from home, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, site of this year's Super Bowl, as things would have it. With DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. What's up, my friend? What's happening, man? Arizona's a good spot for a Super Bowl, right? Lots of golf. Permanently in the rotation. Scottsdale, yeah, good stuff, absolutely. Lovely in February. We'd love to be there in February. Uh, How's your Thursday rigmarole going? So far, so good. Drop-off was a nightmare. It was. How, how so? It was combat. I don't know. I got there first yesterday, so I guess everybody was out to cut me off today. So <laughs> we got gra- her there. What grade are we at now? Second grade. Second grade. I mean, you're behind you. Did the first grade drop off. Uh, went pretty well. You know what came up this morning? What? Um, my oldest, uh, you know, I woke up with all kinds of bedhead, right? And so yeah. I'm trying to comb that out and get him in uniform. You're combing first. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless you. Okay. You know, I was all the way back in his cowlick and stuff. And we got talking about... Just all the random ways he falls asleep. Yeah. You know, you find your kids asleep in the middle of the night. It looks like they've tied themselves up like Everywhere. a pretzel, right? Yes. Uh, somehow we landed on, you know, in fact, you've even fallen asleep on me. And and the moment I recalled to him was, I've watched a Super Bowl with you laying on my chest asleep. In fact, before he turned one, I watched... The Patriots come back against the Falcons, which was top of mind because of 28-3, to right? And, yeah. And so I was telling him about that, and I was like, man, I was about to jump out of my skin with that comeback, historic comeback, but I couldn't budge because you're a baby on my chest laying down on the couch. And he goes, well, that's interesting because the Rams led the Falcons 28-3 to because he was at the game at SoFi. I was like, yes, they did. Wow. And believe you me, <laughs> anytime the Falcons are in a 28-3 to game, that, that it's comes gonna come up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife overhears this and she goes, wait, is that is that right? And she kind of goes back to the dates and she's like, you know, the other thing that's funny about that is we left, she and he left SoFi at 31-10. Wow. And, and, uh, and she said that my son, as they were leaving, said 31-10. That's how much the Bills beat the Rams by in week one. I was like, oh, dagger to wow. start your Thursday morning. Wow. How old is he? Six. Look at him. Six. Wow. See? Football does help math. Come on. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Anyways, we got the uh, the good and the bad on, on that end of no the No doubt. Uh, you kept that all with a baby on your chest, that, that comeback by the Patriots. Unbelievable. Right. You, without waking him up. Good for you. Don't you wake that baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> taking that to the uh, the nth degree. All right. So we're two weeks in. One yeah. up, one down. Uh, and same for the Cardinals. And I think this is a fascinating study in recency bias because Arizona played six egregious quarters mm-hmm. to start their year. They were well on their way to 0-2, getting shut out in Las Vegas at the half down 20. Rams are kind of on the other end of the spectrum where they came out like gangbusters, played three great quarters. Remember mm-hmm. I asked you, okay, if we shut it down, if we stopped the count after three quarters last week, what grade would you have given that performance? A, 100%. Yeah. And then you bake in the fourth quarter and it drops to a... B, B okay. minus, yeah. So you've probably felt this too from from our audience, which is... Okay, better than being 0-2, but man, there, there are a lot of warts right now you on know, this, this Rams team. Whereas the Cardinals yeah. are at the other end of the spectrum, like, yeah. 
they looked like their season was about to blink out, and all of a sudden they're feeling like world beaters again. I, I, everybody wants to get the W, and I'm with Sean McVay at the end of the game saying it doesn't matter about style points, W's, W's. But, I mean, just taking a step back, I think I'd rather be the Cardinals right now because you had the big comeback. That locker room must have been like gangbusters. Yeah. Rams were the opposite. You have to remind the guys you won, you know, because – Atlanta beat you in the fourth quarter. But either way, you get the W. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you get to teach or fix what's wrong after wins than, than the opposite. Is that really the best teaching time, the best time to learn, the best way to learn? You know, you've been in that hallway during loss weeks when, when you when you take L's. It's just bad. It takes a while to come out of that. No one wants to smile. So with W's, at least there's some energy. Uh, th- there's encouragement to get better. So you got the victory. That's all that matters. But I, I would bet – the oomph part of the victory of this weekend goes to Arizona because of how they came back versus the Raiders. Mm. As you go into week three, obviously it's a it's a friendly place. It's a place where the Rams have had a lot of success against an opponent the Rams have had the most success against in the Sean McVay era. But I'm not sure who the Rams are yet. Mm-hmm. When I see the way they're winning, uh, and I mean this in lots of ways, uh, a lack of explosive plays on offense, third straight week they'll have to start a a different offensive line combination Um, no real traction in the running game still Uh, injuries in the secondary they're signing players off of other practice squads right there's roster shuffling but i also think there's identity formation going on and i'd say this even you know it's it's september still right but like i think there's a long way to go um as they try and disassociate from who they were last year as Super Bowl champions and try and figure out what formula can win long-term this year. Agreed. Uh, how many times did they change identities last season? A few. They, uh, they, they yeah. had to, right? You know, when the winless November was there mm-hmm. and they break in Sony Michelle and they... Let's run. Yeah. Let's pack it in, run, and then let's open it back up and throw it When in. Odell's fully integrated, then right. all of a sudden you can go back to what you thought you could be with Deshaun Jackson, et cetera. And then you lose him in the Super Bowl, and you got to go right back to Cooper Cup. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, you, you change identities. I think Sean McVay is ready for that. Uh, what you are is you're Cooper Cup on offense with Matthew Stafford. On defense, you're Aaron Donald. Now you need more. You need more people to step up. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I think, is rounding into form. Um, I'm so glad he got that pick. I think he needed it. He was that close to that pick six. And I don't care how fast Mariota is, he's going to score on that. At the end of that first half, yeah. Absolutely. He needed that for confidence. Not that the guy is lacking for confidence, but he needed that. So that's what you are. Uh, you're trying to figure out who you are. Now, I see little things. I do, like in the locker room, post game, when I see a Jake Funk cut his tape off, get up, and walk it to the trash can. Now, that's just not something guys do after wins. That means you're being told. So you're figuring out who you are as a group. You're trying to round yourself into a team. I think every team is going through this right now. Now, hopefully you'll have enough wins to where when you get to October, you're in the playoff hunt and you'll know who you are. Some teams figure out who they are too late, and all you have is a chance for six wins, maybe five. But this football team is good enough and has good enough players to at least Win now while you're still trying to figure out who you are as a football team. And winning now is, of course, the uh, the order of the week as they go on the road for the first time, as they get into NFC West play for the first time. In fact, back-to-back division road trips, Arizona and San Francisco. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access, a week three edition here on 710 ESPN. Still to come, uh, we'll check in with Dave Pash, voice of the Cardinals for Four Down Territory. We'll break down the matchup with Arizona and where the Cardinals are on offense and defense. And we'll take a lap around that. 
division and also uh, play the next installment of our playoff eliminator contest. Uh, it was a week of comeback thrillers, uh, both of them going against DeMarco and me, uh, but more on that still to come. Oh, Let's continue with our, our conversation of, of what McVay and, and Stafford found offensively. And to me, it's it's version two-point SCO is what I'm calling it, as nice. in Benny SCO, Ben Skoranek. They stayed in 11 personnel, yes, but it looked a whole lot different in terms of formation against the Falcons. It's weird when you catch those wrinkles as a defense and and you line up. The coach tells you, okay, he holds up a sign that says 11 personnel, and then you line up and they have a fullback. And Wait a minute, what do we call this guy? Who covers him? That's actually a wide receiver back there in the eye. Okay, wait, how do we do this? Uh, so it's just another added wrinkle to the defense or for the to the offense that – keeps the defense thinking. But it only works if you have a guy that's willing to do it. And you have to give a whole lot of credit to Benny, Ben Skoranek. And I saw Sean McVay after the game, as he's walking through giving high fives, he points at him and goes, I appreciate you. I love this. That is a big deal. I mean, let me ask you. It's one thing to say, let's put Benny Sko back there. It's another thing to actually go back there and do it. you got to lead up on linebackers sometimes. So that just changed the entire dynamic for the defense. And before Atlanta could figure it out, the Rams were up 21 points. Yeah. That's the way it should go. This was a topic that we dove deep on Monday with Sean McVay on the coaches show. Here's just a snippet of what he had to say about the week to week evolution of this offense. I think when you have players like him that are so tough, um, you're saying, all right, well, what are some different things that we can do to, you know, to be able to um, have a performance that's in alignment with what we were hunting up? And I thought that allowed us to be able to stay on track. I thought we got a lot of good production out of it. I thought there were some opportunities to even get more out of mm-hmm. some of those plays. But again, we'll go back and we'll correct those things. But his toughness, uh, the type of competitor he is and his willingness to do whatever it takes to help our team win um, is what makes a guy like him special. And, and he's going to continue to be a valuable piece of this thing moving forward so a couple of things on that one there was meat left on that bone in terms of they had some looks where they could have popped an explosive especially i think in the running game to marco and they just haven't done it yet daryl henderson cam Akers, i think the season long run is 18 yards i'm not an established the run guy you know this about me Mm -hmm. but like they're due they are overdue in the running game that would be one thing and then the other element is it's not just Skoranek lined up in the eye, but it's other two-back looks too, whether it's Cooper Cup or Brandon Powell flanking Matthew Stafford in the shotgun. I think they became a more complex team to prepare for. And what I especially love is now what's next? Having put that on film, having given the Cardinals some tendencies and Vance Joseph to try and prepare for, how do you play off of that with this week's game plan? Well, just when you think you have all the answers, he changes the questions. I am so happy about Brandon Powell. Aren't you? I love it. He has carved out and, a role, and, and I he's hear, carved out a role on offense now. And I hear that from his teammates, that they're glad that he's a part of their huddle. All he's done is work hard. All he's done is work hard, and he could be that gadget guy. So there's so much to do and so much left to do, but I am so with you. Uh, you know, whenever you get hat on a hat blocking, when you get seven on seven and it's a safety and you're running back, I'm expecting the running back to win. Now, conversely, if I'm on the defensive side, if you're Raheem Morris, you're expecting your safety, the guy you're paying a lot of money to get that guy on the ground. But if you keep running the football and keep defenses off balance and you can get your running back into space one-on-one with enough distance, I'm expecting that guy to win, especially Daryl and Cam Akers. Cam Akers should have enough to either run over run over you, run through you, or run around you. And Daryl is a, is a sprinter. So at some point, I think those, run, those runs will pop. Now, 
there's a little bit of a lag time because you keep changing offensive lines. That's that's a little bit different. You have to get used to who's blocking and how that guy's running. But eventually, in a game for four quarters, if you keep chipping away at the run game, you're going to pop a few long runs. So now I'm thinking about this week's starting line from left to right. Noteboom, Edwards, Shelton, a former Cardinal, um, Jackson, mm-hmm. and Havenstein. If you can't run behind those big boys, yeah. we got problems. Am I blaspheming if I say I like this group? That's no disrespect to Brian Allen, really. No, That's no disrespect to Coleman Shelton playing but, right But if guard. you're conceptualizing it the way that I think I am because of how you just primed me, if yeah. you want to steamroll somebody, those might be your five. Absolutely. Do you like re- reorganize your shoe closet or whatever and you start putting matching shoes with matching shoes? Well, this group looks right. Coleman Shelton at center, love. Alaric Jackson at right guard, absolutely love. Why? He's got Havenstein, a guy that looks just like him on the same side. And you're very athletic on the left side. So there shouldn't be anything you can't do offensively if you're Sean McVay, if you're if you're Matthew Stafford. You can run right for power. You can have a screen game going back to the left. So I think this is the perfect combo right now for the Rams' offensive line. This is the one hour each week where I get to get out of the house and not worry about the arrangement of my closet <laughs> and hear about my wife. Tell me to put my shoes back in order. Can we please See, limit it to football, DeMarco? You know what I mean? you got to dress you with a, with a sneaker. You know what I mean? you got to rearrange these things. But, no, I, I love the way this offensive line is constructed right now because it's big where you need to have it. It's powerful where you need to have it. It's also quick on the left side. As for the defense, contending with Kyler Murray, always the order of business when you take a trip to the desert. Wow, was he thrilling and dynamic against the Raiders. How are the Rams equipped? To do what they've done against Kyler, which is make him his least effective self. Fresh off that contract extension, first time they'll see him, it comes in week three. We'll hear about a depleted and revamped secondary as we continue with this edition of Rams All Access. You are listening to 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After covering a second quarter kickoff, you may have accidentally gone to the sideline forgetting that you were scheduled to play defense. True or false? True. <laughs> True. Tell us more about that. I was just exhausted because I just ran I just ran back uh, like 52 yards on the interception, and then we score. Then they're like, I'm on kickoff, so I'm running through the end zone. I'm like, I'm just, I mean, I'm going to the bench. I need some water. Coach Cooley, like, you need to get your blah, blah, blah out there. I'm like, man, oh, I forgot about defense. <laughs> That'll be the first and the last yeah, time, right? Yeah, first and last. It won't happen again. 
Rams rookie Kobe Durant coming off his first career interception as well as a sack against Mariota and the Falcons in a Week 2 victory. That was from Rams Revealed, our weekly players podcast. You can find it now on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Back with DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN, and it leads us to, I think, the next order of business, which is the secondary is hurting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kobe, for all the smiles uh, coming off of that breakout performance, dealing with a hamstring, we'll see about his status for Week 3. He was in the game because Troy Hill hurt his groin. He's on injured reserve. Hope to see him again this season. Uh, Robert Rochelle, um, questionable last week. He was up. He was down. He was up. We're not sure. Um, and they're starting to pluck people off of practice squads to reinforce their secondary as they prepare to face Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So one name we might see, I think figure to see, is Darion Kendrick, another day three pick who teamed with Kobe Durant throughout training camp. And I think from the summer down in Irvine, if I had maybe two takeaways, one would be Allen Robinson. The other would be those two rookie corners giving the Rams depth that I was not expecting at that position. Didn't want to see them all in the first three weeks, but here we go. Your time is now. Oh yeah. I, I thought the same thing you did. I said, oh boy, Rochelle, you better start playing. These young kids aren't waiting. David Long Jr. too. Oh, Mm -hmm. boy, these kids aren't waiting. Here they are. But I would have thought that it would have been Kendrick first before Durant. So I I think it's a little bit wrong there. I think just because it was in the slot, because it was Troy Hill to take the first bump. No doubt. But they're, they're, they're both dynamic young players. Wouldn't be surprised in a year and a half, two years, if they're your starters. They might be the type of guys where if they're right. Yeah. They may not give those jobs back. And what Durant there, what what he was talking about, it just makes me laugh. First of all, it's like, who cares, kid? You got fresh legs. Get out there. I don't care if you scored. You got to get out and, and do your job. Uh, but he had to be told at the end of the game that you played great because he's only worrying about the, the mistakes he made, not the big plays. So that, to me, is a young player that still has a lot of upside. But, yeah, you are beat up. And uh, missing Troy Hill is is going to be huge, uh, not, because of his abil- not just because of his ability – because of his experience, you you know when the game is coming to you. You know when Kyler Murray or whatever quarterback you're facing is about to come after you. Young guys don't know that yet, so uh, that's always scary, especially when you're going on the road. But you've got some good stuff on film. Uh, you've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got a lot of defensive captains that can help you. Bobby Wagner, that can help you get through these situations. But at some point, you're going to be matched up one-on-one in a must-make situation with Kyler Murray running at you. And you have to plaster coverage at the same time. You got to make that choice. That's if, tough. If you're looking for a silver lining, at least they're in far better shape than the COVID depleted Rams secondary and roster that went into Glendale the last time we were there, Week 14 last season. Wow, that man! And then they got the win, right? That was yeah. yeah that was that was the miracle win that kind of turned everything around. I mean, I think the the media had wrote the Rams off for that week, and lo and behold, they won. Uh, yeah. The feeling driving out to West Phoenix with you and Maurice Jones and our producer Adam Bronson is not one that I want to recollect, but I'm glad. Oh, am I ever glad that we left there thinking, how did they just pull that off? Oh, no doubt. And look, lost in all this uh, and the euphoria of a victory Monday was a defense that still needs a lot of work. Uh, Number one, you're missing a lot of tackles. Can't have that. Number two, coverage bus. So... So what I saw was a defensive coordinator and a defensive team trying to make up for a lack of pass rush. So let's send the secondary. Aha. Right. So when you send the secondary, if you don't get there immediately, you're going to find holes behind it. So that's what I saw. Mariota wasn't good enough to make you pay. 
Kyler Murray will make you pay. Interesting that you bring up pass rush because mm-hmm. then you think about the outside linebacker group and how they're still trying to replace some of what they lost with Vaughn Miller. And in comes Tack McKinley, with whom you have an interesting connection. They sign him off the Titans practice squad. Yes, he is a John F. Kennedy Eagle. I am an Eagle. We went to the same high school. So his picture's up in our building right next to mine is Eagles turning pro. So... You know, he's a first-rounder. He's a guy that can absolutely bring it. He's had some injury history, so this could be a reclamation project. But like I said, you're still trying to find bodies. You've got to find somebody outside of 99 that can get to the passer because they are getting creative with what they're doing with Aaron. They're they're finding ways to triple-team him and still get out to block other people, which should be impossible in the National Football League. Mm, And yes, uh, MJD isn't here, but in his spirit – Former UCLA Bruin. All right. So Got to bring bit. that up. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can't count on Bobby Wagner to have a sack each week, uh, even though I think he and Ernest Jones are both capable and playing on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, but to bring it back to Kyler Murray in this week's challenge, uh, there were all sorts of junctures in that overtime comeback win in Las Vegas where it felt like the game was on the line. But one in particular, when Max Crosby, I think one of the better mm-hmm. you know, pass rushers in the league, has not one but two hands on Kyler Murray and is, is just a completed sack away from ending that game in regulation and can't do it, it was, I think, a good fresh reminder that oftentimes when you play the Cardinals, it comes down to when you have your chances against number one in red and white, can you turn that into a sack or a takeaway? Can you make him cough it up, or can you get him to the ground? If so, you're probably going to win. If not, he is going to break your back and demoralize you. I get you. Eventually. Uh, Eric Henderson, the D-line coach of the Rams, told me what's the best way. The best way to attack Kyler Murray on sacks is go through his belt buckle because he is the toughest quarterback to play. You're always worried about that guy running. That was me with with the kid at the pool party. You can have fun, but you just can't cut it loose because he can run by you. Now, this is he takes it a step. Up because even if you win up front and you're bearing down on him, you have to figure out how to hit him. Because remember, if you go too high, his and you strike touch his zone helmet, is. If you touch uh, his helmet, it's 15. Yeah. So you wind up reaching out to grab, and you forget how strong that guy's lower body is, and he'll spin out of it, keep the play alive, and absolutely kill you. So run right through the belt buckle, absolutely take that hip out, and then bury him. If not. Good luck. Yeah, since he's a baseball guy. His strike zone is smaller than it is in the major leagues. No doubt, yeah. Fortunately, the Rams have Greg Gaines, who's faster than Kyler Murray, so I love that about Greg. Greg Gaines is faster than Kyler Murray? He's tracked him down like multiple occasions now. That's where this meme about Greg being the fastest player on the planet or in the league comes from, is somehow he wins foot races against Kyler. Wow. There's a lot of effort there, but I'm still taking Kyler in a foot race. But yeah, I mean, Greg Gaines, look, uh, this is what you need. This is what I'm talking about. You need guys that the play is never dead. Remember the Albert Hainsworth against Michael Vick when he just laid on the ground? You, no, you got to get up and pursue and pursue to the whistle. And if you're tired, come out, get a fresh wave in. Mm. Kyler right now and the Cardinals uh, in similar, I think, straights as the Rams are offensively, where they've struggled to one and one despite not having their full complement of weapons available. They had Ertz on a pitch count in week one, Rondale Moore not in the lineup, mm-hmm. uh, Nuke is obviously suspended. So they're kind of in survive and advance mode, but I, I do think their most explosive play offensively is still ahead of them. I'd say the same about Stafford and the Rams. So which one of those offenses can come alive? Uh, very much a factor this weekend. No doubt. Um, is it Marquise Brown? Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yep. he caught a nice one. I, I thought it was a touchdown, came back, it was on the one, but they punched it in. He's a guy that seems to be better on scramble plays. 
AJ Green's still there. Yeah. Greg Dortch has really thrived uh, in a slot role in, uh, who did I say, Rondell Moore's absence. Yeah. So they still got options. I'm just saying these are two teams that you would have pegged as some of the best offensive clubs in the league who have not looked like it through two weeks. No doubt. And a, a, a very, how do I say, a, an offensive line I think you can beat, but Kyler Murray covers up a lot of stink with, mm-hmm. his, with his mobility. So I think you'll be able to get guys home. With who you have, with the Rams, with who the Rams are going to throw out there, uh, as far as pass rushers, uh, that's just half of it. The other half is getting them on the ground. You know what I mean? So if you're in that secondary or linebackers, and why can't Bobby Wagner get a sack a week? If you're going to call blitzes for him, it's one of the things he does well. I think you're going to have to lean on him. So I think you can be that guy, but. When you do break through and you have a shot at Kyler Murray, it's important to get him down because I don't care who you have, you can't cover that long. Please don't take this as anything along the lines of Rams taking the Cardinals for granted or lightly none of that. But I do think that the run of success they've had against the Cardinals is not by accident. It's no fluke. The Rams are uniquely equipped to give the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray Cardinals problems. In Mm -hmm. what ways? I already mentioned two of them, Aaron Donald and Greg Gaines, right? You get your pressure up the middle. You got length on the perimeter with Leonard Floyd, right? He can mm-hmm. bother you. You've got athletic coverage linebackers. You have Jalen Ramsey, who plays DeAndre Hopkins as well as any corner in the mm-hmm. league. So Arizona formulates their offense in a way that the Rams can play chess against. Now, some of those matchups are not going to be on the field Sunday, um, but I do have confidence in Raheem Morris and this group to do better than Vegas did in the second half in overtime against the Cardinals. Oh, no doubt, especially after that la- the last time we've seen these two teams play each other. I-, I thought the Rams were far and away the better team. I can't believe – honestly, I can't believe Kyler and the Cardinals keep coming back from the setbacks that yeah. the Rams have dealt them. Well, this is funny, man. When I watch the Arizona Cardinals, especially the TV copy, and you see shots of the head coach, Kingsbury, and then you see Kyler Murray and how they play – Kingsbury can't stop moving on the sideline. So I think it's like Kyler Murray is the perfect avatar for him. Like, this is the way I design the play. There, There is no design to the play. It's Kyler Murray run around until you find a guy. Hmm. But I think that's how he coaches, and that's how this guy plays. So if you lock him down or force Kyler Murray into a bad game, I think you also do the same thing for the play caller on the sideline. I mean, if I had told you that leaving the wild card Monday at SoFi Stadium, that what would happen this offseason is that coach, quarterback, and GM would all get car- uh, contract extensions for the Cardinals, you would have looked at me sideways, right? Yes. Because the, Ram- still the Rams sideways. had demoralized them in such a way that you didn't think that they could come back with that group intact or double down on it after really from week 14 all the way through the wild card, the way that the Rams had sent them into a tailspin. And it wasn't the first time, but here they are. And now I think it's incumbent upon the Rams to make that look like a good decision for Los Angeles to make that be one of those commitments that you're celebrating here in LA, because that's a team that you are uniquely equipped to destroy year after year after year at the poker table of the NFL season. They remind me of a, of a club that's either going to win big or go bust. You know what I mean? They're all in on this group, and they believe in this group. And when you saw Kyler Murray in that second half, and you remember the first game the Rams played him last season. Oh, when yeah. When he's going, you can't touch him. He plays keep away with the football better than anyone I've ever seen in my life. So when that's working, 
then it makes sense. But when it goes south, it doesn't look very good. When they're in favorable game circumstances mm-hmm. where all their options are on the table, including, I go back to that week three win here at SoFi Stadium, when they can run it. When they can take the lead and run it the way they did against that Rams unit, all bets are off to continue yeah. your uh, Vegas parallel. No doubt. All right, coming up next, we will check in with Dave Pash, ESPN play caller, uh, great guy, and also the voice of the Cardinals for all the latest in the desert and what their reaction is to the walk-off fumble recovery scoop and score against the Raiders. Plus, the playoff eliminator is back. DeMarco Farr and I continue on 710 ESPN after this. We continue on Rams All Access here, 710 ESPN, anticipating a week three trip to Arizona to take on the Cardinals and a friend of the show and a friend of mine, Dave Pash, my counterpart with the Cardinals, joins us for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. You know Dave not only from his work with the Cardinals, but also on ESPN, uh, college football, NBA, and so much more. Dave, hope you're having a great week. Thanks for checking in. Good to talk to you, JB. What's going on? Likewise. What year is this for you in the Arizona Cardinals? This is year 21. So I feel old, first of all. And second of all, I, I've seen a lot, although what I saw last week was new. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the down 16 points with you know half a quarter to go, uh, needing to score a touchdown and convert a two-point conversion with no time on the clock and then win the game in overtime and a defensive touchdown by a guy who may or may not have thrown the ball out of bounds right as he crossed the goal line. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite entertaining, that's for sure. Okay, so my first question wasn't how old are you. It was where does that one rank and you're now 21 years of calling Cardinals games. I know you had some incredible ones, but a walk-off fumble recovery touchdown in overtime? Yeah, you know, 2009, the Cardinals beat Green Bay in the wild card round of the playoffs uh, at State Farm Stadium. Uh, they forced a fumble, a sack Aaron Rodgers, forced a fumble. Carlos Danzi picked it up, ran it in for a touchdown. I believe the final score was 51 to 45 in a playoff game. That to me was probably the greatest finish that I had witnessed in person. Uh, it was the year after the Super Bowl, too, so you kind of felt like maybe they still had that magic, although they lost to the Saints the following week. That was uh, the last game for Kerr Warner. That was the last game for uh, a lot of a lot of players for the Cardinals ended up losing to the eventual champs. Um, this was different because, again, of how it finished in, in regulation. Just you never seen that before, and the way it finished. You know, Kyler Murray with the run, uh, for two points, um, being back there for you know almost a minute, it felt like, and then you know the throw to AJ Green for two points. It was uh, it was unprecedented, that's for sure. All right, question number two on four down territory here with Dave Pash. Uh, the difference day between zero and two with the Rams coming to town versus one and one with a chance to put an end to some negative history against LA. Hard to quantify, but I want to give you a shot in the aftermath of that historic comeback. What does it mean for the Cardinals looking ahead to Week 3? Well, if the Cardinals do not play well and get blown out, it won't mean much what happened last week. But assuming that last week was something more than that, I think it was. I think it's a realization, again, of what you were at one point last year. 7-0, and 10-2, a lot of the same pieces are here. And I think guys needed to believe again. They had lost confidence. 
So to be able to do what they did in the second half, down 20 to nothing and score 29 points in overtime and, and regulation, and again, most of those coming in, in the last five minutes and in overtime, I, I think it's reaffirmation that you're a good team. So, you know, again, if they don't play well and get blasted uh, Sunday, it won't matter. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like maybe they found themselves a little bit. There are some young guys who the Cardinals have been waiting on, who they drafted and developed, who made plays. They did more than just hold their own. They made plays. Rashard Lawrence, Zach Allen, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons. They need more of that, and I think they're going to get more of that this week and going forward. Yeah, so actually my next question for you, Dave, was about Simmons and Collins, a couple of first-round picks who you mentioned there. It seems from the outside looking in that Arizona is now in the process of turning the keys over to those young linebackers. Is that true or false? And and what does that mean for the Cardinals' defense as they prepare to take on McVay and Stafford? Well, in some ways, yes, it depends on the week. Isaiah Simmons, week one, had the green dot, which is, you know, he's the play caller on defense. Last week it was Zayvon Collins because Isaiah Simmons got benched. You know, he, he didn't play a ton, although he did have the forced fumble in overtime. He, he was really only out there in third down, and he's basically been moved to safety. You know, he's playing this star backer position, so occasionally a linebacker, but mostly just a safety. And, and Zayvon Collins now is thrust into that spot of having to call the defense. And I think really they, they had to do it. You know, it's, it's year three for Simmons, year two for Collins. First-round picks, as you mentioned, on both guys. It's time, and you need to find out what you have. And I think you got a lot of guys with probably jobs at stake, too, and the coaching staff. I mean, it's, this is important. Um, you know, so the GM, Steve Keim, uh, just got a contract extension. So if there's a failure uh, with those guys, it's not going to be the GM. It's going to be on the coaching staff. So there's a lot riding on those two players. Uh, yeah, last week was promising from the force fumble standpoint for Simmons, and uh, I think overall for Zayvon Collins, he probably played his best game. Hmm. This is Four Down Territory with Dave Pash, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the fourth and final question I have for you, Dave, is, is pretty open-ended about the updated Kyler Murray experience. But since we've seen you last, a lot has gone on, on and off the field. Uh, I'm curious more about the last couple of weeks. How has he handled two games without Nuke, without Rondell Moore? Like, How has he navigated September so far? J.B., I think we're seeing the growth and maturity that we had all hoped we would see. Even in week one, when the Cardinals were down big, it seemed as if there was some growth and maturity. You didn't see Kyler with his head down or sulking when things didn't go right. You saw him motivating on the sideline. I'm sure he's upset, but I think he's controlling that anger and channeling it better and differently than maybe he had done previously. And having a comeback win last week, you know, the last couple of years, if, if Kyler didn't start well, it usually was going to play out that way the rest of the game. And if he started really hot, he played well the whole game. To not start great offensively as a group and then to finish the way they did, I think, again, tells you a little bit about where he is from a maturity standpoint. And then you see the skills on display that, you know, are the evidence behind paying a guy $230 million. There's just not many guys in the history of the game that can do what he did. Uh, just, it doesn't happen. So it's so far, you know, so far so good, JB, through two games. Yeah. 
All right, he's Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals. This is Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Uh, you can catch Dave on Saturday on ESPN. Uh, Utah, 13th in the country against Arizona State, uh, just relieved Herm Edwards of his duties. 7.30 in the desert, and then you can uh, catch him also on Sunday from State Farm Stadium sharing a cup of coffee with me as we both get set for Cardinals and Rams. Dave, appreciate you. Uh, also looking forward to seeing you here um, at at the Crypt, crypto.com, arena, whatever it is called now when your NBA schedule tips off. All right, sounds great, JB. Looking forward to seeing you, man. All right, see you in the desert. That's Dave Pash. DeMarco Farr is back as we continue to wrap up Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. All right, a lot to get to as we wrap up this edition of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr. I'm JB. Long first road trip for the Rams is to Arizona to be followed by Monday Night Football in San Francisco. So back-to-back division tests against the rival Cardinals and 49ers. Why don't we start with a lap around the division and those 49ers uh, who feel more familiar than different all of a sudden with Jimmy Garoppolo taking over uh, a very incentivized Jimmy Garoppolo, shall we say, taking over for the injured Trey Lance. And who are they facing this week? Their old friend Russell Wilson, now wearing Broncos colors. Interesting, interesting. Um, I think it was Colin Cowherd that got in trouble uh, when he said that he feels bad for for Trey. Uh, Lance? Trey Lance. He feels bad for Trey Lance, but the 49ers got better. I agree. <laughs> I do. Uh, I think this is it could be better for San Francisco. For so, this year. For this year. For this season. Yeah. I, I think with the weapons they have and uh, with the experience level of Trey Lance, it was going to be a little tough for them to gel quickly, quick enough to be effective. So I think this is better for San Fran and not good for us. Mm. Jimmy Garoppolo could very easily be a two-time Super Bowl champion. Yes, Yes. You could say that Kyle Shanahan could very directly be a three-time Super Bowl champion, speaking of the way we started the show with the Atlanta Falcons. Anyways, no doubt. neither yep. here nor there. Right. Uh, any thought on what's plaguing Russell Wilson and the Broncos? By it, it has not – I mean, they're 1-1, one one, but they could be 0-2 with, what, a home loss to Houston? Well, I, I still think they're learning. Head coach is still learning. Um, I, I don't think it's a Russell Wilson problem. I still think he's one of the elites. So I think just like the Rams, just like Arizona, it's a team still trying to find itself. It's mm. early. We're still in September. Mm. Speaking of the Seahawks, Russell Wilson's former team, they're home to the Falcons. That Falcons group has been frisky. Speaking of teams that are playing the what-if or the almost game, Atlanta might be sitting 2-0 rather than 0-2. Are they capable of staying out on the West Coast and going up to Seattle and beating Pete Carroll and company? I think so. I think Seattle is is beatable. I think Atlanta at least should be 1-1. They should have beaten New Orleans. Uh, I think the Rams, if they don't fall asleep at the wheel, that could have been a runaway game, but... They're going to leave L.A. with some confidence and take that up to Seattle. So I I think Atlanta comes out of that game with a win, to be honest. Uh, You know me. I love weeks like this. And here's what I mean. The somebody's got to lose weeks. Mm -hmm. I look around, especially the NFC picture, and I see how wide open it is. Um, Buffalo's already won the AFC, right? We're going to see them in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Facetious there, but kind of not really. They're not slowing down. Yeah. Saints and Panthers, somebody's got to lose. Either the Saints are going to go to 1-2, and two, the Panthers are going to start 0-3, and, and they're done. They're cooked. I like just kind of paring down the field. Uh, in the North, the Lions with signs of life, 1-1, one and one, against the Vikings who got cooked this week. Someone's going to 1-2 and two there. I love it. Uh, the one I really have my eye on, the 1-1 one one Packers at 2-0 Tampa Bay. Maybe I have a slight preference who wins or loses that one, but either way. What's your preference? 
You want I w- Tampa to win? No, I want to see the Packers hand the Bucks their first loss, probably. Okay. But it hasn't gone well for Aaron Rodgers against uh, the Buccaneers. From so. a Rams perspective in yeah, the just, NFC? Or just, just... just keeping Tampa Bay from okay. starting 3-0. You know. Fair enough. But again, whoever loses that one, yeah. it helps. Marquee, no doubt. S- Cowboys at undefeated Giants. Also good outcomes to be had there. And undefeated Eagles 2-0 at Commanders. Come on. The good. Giants are cotton candy. It looks good. Okay. It looks good. It looks. It does. Two and zero looks good. But come on, really? Okay. So okay. maybe the Cowboys go improve that, or maybe the Cowboys go to one and two, and the Giants get to three and zero. But you're still not worried about the three and zero Giants being ahead of you when all is said and done. I don't know. I'm just saying we're finally to the point where there is some good games on the boards that have productive outcomes from the Rams playoff picture if they take care of their business in the desert. If it wasn't Steve Young that said it, uh, I, I would have just went backwards on it when he said that Dak Prescott can learn something from Cooper Rush. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Okay, but Steve Young, I'll go with you. You're a Hall of Famer. I'll take it for what it's worth. But come on, really? And it's still looking like Cooper Rush in week five at SoFi Stadium, not Dak? Dak Prescott, right. All right, let's get to our playoff eliminator. Uh, As a reminder to those uh, who follow the show or maybe are new to the show, uh, this is the game that DeMarco and I play throughout the season whereby we draft teams that we think are not going to be playing beyond the regular (laughs) season. It's kind of a best of the worst sort of situation. Right, it's a fun Uh, game. And if you pick a team that flames out, you get a point. Right. But if you pick a team that makes the postseason, you are done. Um, so last week we picked our first teams and yep. DeMarco had the first choice because he won last year. Uh, he went with the Miami Dolphins who won from down 20 at Baltimore. Ouch. And I went with the Jets who had an improbable comeback win at Cleveland as well. So I still think those are okay markers to put down, but the Jets and the Dolphins uh, already making things uncomfortable. did Tua make player of the week? Tua's Ballin. Does Tua listen to this show? Tua and Carson Wentz? What <laughs> what year is this and what, what is going on? Wow. Uh, I have a question for you. Go ahead. And and Adam Bronson, our producer, may need to, to weigh in on this. Because I, I don't know the answer. I'm genuinely asking. Is this snake draft style? Like, you went first, I went second last week. Yeah. So coming back, do you go first again because you're the first place defending champion? Do or do I do I draft and get I it like back winners to you? outs in one-on-one basketball. Okay, like yeah. make it, take it? Sort make of it, take it. But we can switch so, up. So that means that you pick first every week? You have first right of Or I can stand week. pat, right? Or you can stand pat, yeah. Okay. What I, do you think, Adam? I, I think that's how we did it last year, but yeah. Adam, you're the arbitrator here. What do you say? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking we'll go snake style. So if you make a pick, you give up your right for the first pick next week. So if you stand pat, you get the first pick next week. Okay. What about – so DeMarco picked first last week. I picked second. And we stop there. Who goes first this week? It should be DeMarco because you were the last Okay, so we're just going to go straight alternating. Whoever made the last pick, the other host has the next week. Okay, so you're picking first. No, I picked second last week, so you get to go again. I'm more confused than when we started, but nonetheless, it'll be fine. I'm going to stand pat. You're going to stand pat. I'm going to stand pat. I need more information. The point is moot. I mean, I get to to choose. Yeah. I'm taking the Falcons. You're going to take the Falcons. Wow, you don't believe in uh, Mariota, huh? I, I, he was better than I thought. He was better, um, but I think they're flawed enough Yeah. with an 0-2 start, another road game upcoming, and I think that division is strong enough where I don't think they're any better than third. Okay. I think Tampa Bay and New Orleans are clearly better than those Falcons that I think 
it'll be tough for them to fight their way into the postseason. That's a good pick. You just saw him. That's a good pick. I'm with you. All right. So I am adding the Falcons to my list. I now have the Jets and the Falcons in our playoff eliminator contest. Uh, DeMarco is standing pat I'm with the buy. Dolphins, and he has the bye. <laughs> he will have the first choice next week when we do this show for week four, anticipating a trip to San Francisco. Final thoughts on this matchup. Keys to victory, uh, something to watch, whatever intrigues you about uh, the Rams and the Cardinals from Glendale. I like this offensive line group. I, I can't say this enough. Uh, when I think of how offensive lines should be constructed, your right side should be bigger than your left, and your left side should be way more athletic than your right. I think you've got that, and you have to have a pretty smart center. So I think Coleman Shelton, if anything, he's built to play center, so I like this offensive line. I would love to see the running game take off this week. Me too. With a fully gelled offensive line. You know who it's going to be from Wednesday to Sunday. Let's hope they stay healthy enough and the running backs have had enough carries. Let's see some runs pop. I was thinking about that this week, that some of the key to dominating the Cardinals has been the running game. Going back to Todd Gurley, who had some great days there. Going back to adding C.J. Anderson mm-hmm. uh, deep in that 2018 campaign. Robert Woods had some incredible runs against the Cardinals, right? Carving them up in, in the ground game um, has been a key ingredient to beating this team and I think I think this is the week that the Rams running attack is going to break out I think there's only been one time in their last eight games where they've rushed for over 100 yards including the postseason last year and it was that blowout wild card win against Arizona where they could hand the ball off and just churn chains and and run up their running total all right DeMarco safe travels to the desert I will catch you there Sunday Um, at State Farm Stadium, site of this year's Super Bowl. The Rams and the Cardinals renew their rivalry. Thank you, as always, for listening on 710 ESPN.